0: Support for TPR comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping employers get their people home safely. Preventing workplace accidents protects families and keeps businesses productive. More at texasmutual.com. From Texas Public Radio, this is Texas Matters, a weekly radio news magazine that looks at the issues, events, and people in the Lone Star State. Today on Texas Matters, the teacher shortage.
1: So many of them have said, man, if I could just focus on teaching. You know, I love teaching and I love connecting with students. And now there's so much more placed on me without the added compensation that's keeping me from doing the job that I love.
0: This is Texas Matters from Texas Public Radio. I'm David Martin Davies. Do you want to be a teacher in Texas? Then prepare yourself for low pay, high stress, overwork, underappreciation, lousy benefits, caught in the middle of the Texas culture wars, worries about school shootings, rotting facilities, and having a front row seat to some of the worst social situations in the state. And then factor in that Texas ranks as one of the worst states for teacher retirement. Retired teachers in Texas have not received a cost of living raise since 2004, and it's getting worse as inflation rises. And then we wonder why there are so few teachers in Texas. A high number of professional educators are abandoning their careers. Data shows that most of them are new early career teachers, but also many long-time master teachers are putting down the chalk and walking away. Texas Public Radio education reporter Camille Phillips investigates what's behind the teacher shortage and what's being done about it. And she has a series of reports this is part one.
2: All right, so this is our library. Um, as you can tell, we have to have it closed um, and locked up. We currently don't have a librarian, um, so we're hoping to get that position filled pretty quickly. A couple of weeks into the school year, Jackson Middle School in San Antonio's near northeast side lost its librarian. They're also short two special education teachers and five instructional assistants. But Principal Erin Deason considers her school one of the lucky ones because she was able to fill most of her teacher vacancies. How many uh, teacher positions did you fill like right before school started? 15. And that's been the most that we've had to fill since I've been here. She says the biggest impact of the vacancies, besides the locked up library, are a few larger classes and an additional responsibility added to some teachers' schedules because they don't have enough instructional assistance, teachers are providing a second pair of hands in those classes instead. Since COVID came, we just all take on extra stuff. It's just part of the job, I think. And so I always wanna make sure that my staff that's here and working every day is not having a lot more put onto them that's a trend that's being felt across the district, Northeast ISD Human Resources Director Shiloh Witten says they have more than twice as many vacancies this year because they had twice as many teachers quit. In 2018, it was like 334. 2021, it was 361. So not a huge difference, kind of on trend with what we've seen. This year, we went up to over 700. And Northeast isn't the only district that had such unusually high turnover. According to a TPR analysis of data from a dozen San Antonio school districts, 56% more teachers quit this summer than they did the year before. That left San Antonio schools with more than a thousand more vacancies to fill this summer. Why? It's no secret that teacher morale is low.
3: Your teachers are not okay. They need help. They need support be it financial, emotional, your teachers are not okay.
2: Billy Cano quit teaching this year, nine weeks into the school year. He was a 12-year veteran at Kruger Middle School, also at Northeast ISD.
3: The mistake I made was that I knew I knew I was done last year, and I should have never signed the contract for this year.
2: Cano was an instructional coach and a department chair for English and Language Arts. In a normal year, he says he would at most teach two classes so that he has time to support other teachers. But this year, his department had three vacancies and he was teaching five classes.
3: I was able to do it when it was two classes, but these additional classes that were there, it, it, it exhausted me.
2: Kano says he spent hours every night working on the administrative duties he didn't have time to accomplish during the day. But the final straw was when his father had a health scare and ended up in the hospital. Because his department is already short three teachers, and it's so hard to find substitutes right now, Kano didn't feel like he could take time off to visit his dad.
3: When you make teachers do so much, you're now pitting the guilt of them abandoning their fellow teachers and the children they teach against the guilt of not spending time with their families. At some point, the families are going to win.
2: Two surveys of Texas teachers released earlier this year warned that a huge swath of teachers were thinking about quitting. The turnover data in San Antonio shows they followed through. Now districts have to figure out how they can convince more of them to stay in the classroom. I'm Camille Phillips in San Antonio.
0: And we're joined now with the reporter, the Texas Public Radio Newsroom education reporter Camille Phillips, And Camille, why did you decide that you were going to report on this?
2: Uh, Well, teacher shortage has been the word on everyone's lips pretty much over that's involved in education uh, the past couple of years with, among other things, right? There are a lot of of big ticket issues in education right now, but teacher shortages are one of the top, Um, especially this year, it seems um, that it's been especially acute. And so I wanted to Look at it beyond just the what everyone's saying. It's it's difficult to find teachers, right? But how difficult? I wanted to get some numbers behind it, um, and, and especially because it seems like nationally there aren't good numbers. So I wanted to see what was happening here locally and to find out what the cause was, right? Because there's also been some debate about what's behind the shortage as well.
0: So we just got out of what COVID did to our education system. Uh, During COVID, uh, we had the lockdown, and then we had remote teaching, and then we've had a lot of political pressure on what's going on at schools, and teachers had to pick up a lot of slack. Uh, I do wonder whether or not the drop-off in in teachers being able to be retained has something to do with the squeeze that we put on the classroom during COVID.
2: Yes. I mean, teachers came back to the classroom, and they faced um, students who were... uh, behind where they were expected to be academically, and students who were, um, you know, had increased mental health um, concerns. They'd had trauma maybe from losing a loved one. Um, They had uh, just also like social issues, right? You haven't been uh, around your peers and around people so much for a year or so, so you had to readjust to, to school classroom norms, right? And so that's all placed on top of having teacher shortages, meaning that For one thing, the substitute um, numbers were lower. So people who have retired and normally are your go-to subs were a little more hesitant to go back to the classroom. And then last fall, right, there were still high COVID numbers and into the winter. And so there were just a lot of shortages filling in the classroom. So last year, they had to do a lot of on their planning period covering their um, neighbor's class who was out sick. And so it just created a very stressful year, year last year that they were coming into this year already worn thin.
0: There is the pay, and then there is the retirement. And I hear that Texas teacher retirement is also not where it needs to be.
2: Yes, there's just been a, a long time since they've had a cost of living adjustment. There's been a lot of talk about maybe having a, a 13th paycheck to try and bring up some of that. Um,
0: yeah, it got passed and was, was put out there. But... Comparing the Texas Teacher Retirement Fund to other states, it is a—it's a, not where it should. It's be.
2: not where it should be, um, and and that's just writ large. What's going on with pay in the teaching profession is that compared to teachers, teachers compared to people in other professions that have the same years of experience and the same um, education levels, uh, say they're uh, an engineer or what have you, they're just not paid nearly the same, and um, and so that just means that. You have to think as a teacher whether or not um, you're being paid what you are worth.
0: So, especially when there's a competitive job market.
2: Right, exactly. When there's a competitive job market, there are other jobs out there. And also, um, there have been studies done that show, um, compared to a decade ago, um, when you account for inflation, the uh, average teacher salary has actually gone down in Texas.
0: So, let's listen to uh, part two of Camille Phillips' series looking at the teacher shortage in texas
2: this past spring the san antonio isd teachers union held a rally outside the district's central office if you support pay raises for workers let me hear you after a tough year juggling a substitute shortage and hundreds of vacancies in every department they had a message for the school board. We're here to show the board that they must demonstrate their commitment to workers in the district by prioritizing a pay raise to attract and retain the high quality staff that our students deserve. School boards across San Antonio heeded that call, approving raises ranging from $1,000 to $3,600 for teachers. But when the new school year started in August, San Antonio districts had even more vacancies than the year before. Significantly more, in fact, nearly double. With a sharp increase in the local teacher shortage, it's hard to say if the raises had any impact. But some of the districts with the biggest raises and highest salaries did manage to avoid seeing an increase in the number of vacancies. Edgewood ISD on San Antonio's West Side credits their two raises with enabling them to have zero vacancies.
1: That made a big difference um, because
2: the first increase that was approved was prior to the penalty-free resignation date. Mary Contu is the district's director of human resources. She says the first raise helped Edgewood keep more of their teachers, and the second raise helped them recruit the rest. While most districts in San Antonio saw a big spike in teacher resignations over the summer, Edgewood's turnover rate stayed about the same.
1: We were very aggressive with our recruiting, and, uh, and it did. It was a big help because um, we did see an increase in, of attendance of teacher candidates at our last two job fairs.
2: The second raise, approved in July, brought them to $58,000 for a first-year teacher, the second-highest salary in Bear County. The board also approved a $3,000 signing bonus. Contu says Edgewood also put out a targeted social media campaign and distributed flyers to universities and alternative certification programs to make sure newly certified teachers knew about the raises and incentives. And it worked. They hired their last five teachers at a job fair they hosted the Saturday before the first day of school. It wasn't it was amazing. It was just a, it was just an amazing day. One of the reasons for Edgewood's success besides the raises might be that the district knows how to recruit. Like a lot of high poverty districts, they had high turnover even before the pandemic. They already have a lot of initiatives in place to keep the teacher pipeline flowing, like a grow your own program.
3: Maida, la siguiente. Break it down, use your fingers, remember, how we break down our words?
0: Razonable. Razonable, which is reasonable in English. Okay? Very
2: good. Fifth grade bilingual teacher Janie Delgado is one of the new teachers at Edgewood ISD filling out their teaching roster. It's her first official year of teaching, but she's no stranger to the classroom. Delgado has worked as a paraprofessional at this same elementary school for 27 years. She already knows her students because she filled in as their kindergarten teacher until the district was able to hire a certified
3: teacher five years ago. And so now that they come to me as fifth graders, they're like, miss, we remember you. Yes, I know you do. And I remember you. <laughs> so we, we have a chemistry and I have a bond with them. It's hard to imagine a first-year teacher with more classroom
2: experience than Janie Delgado. The problem is most teachers with alternative certification have far less experience than she does. Which makes them far more likely to quit after a year or two and to truly solve the teacher shortage districts need to figure out how to keep more of their teachers not just recruit new ones i'm camille phillips in san antonio
0: this is texas matters from texas public radio i'm david martin davies and i'm here with camille phillips the reporter for tpr who just completed a series looking at the teacher shortage in texas And Camille, uh, one way that school districts are dealing with the teacher shortage is trying to mint new teachers, more teachers, make it easier for people to become teachers using a system known as alternative certification. What is that?
2: That's basically where someone who normally already has a bachelor's degree thinks, you know, I'd like to be a teacher, but I don't want to go back to school for two, four years. So um, they can enroll in what's called an alternative certification program and uh, get some hours of training. It's primarily online. um, And even your... um, quote-unquote classroom observations are often online where you just watch a video of a teacher. Maybe you go in and get some hours observing in person, but that's not even required a lot of the time. Um, And so it's a very much condensed teachers um, that are alternatively certified can accomplish this in a couple of months. Uh, And um, Texas actually pioneered the for-profit alternative certification Route as a business about 20 years ago, um, Texas right. Teachers for Tomorrow today is about, responsible for about a half of our alternative certification teachers. They're a for-profit company.
0: So let me explain that because sometimes you see billboards saying you want to be a teacher, call this number, go to this website. Right, exactly. And they'll tell you it's free to do this program, but then after you become a teacher, you have to, you pay for it afterwards?
2: So there are some nominal fees, like $100 or so to enroll to begin with, but the where the companies make their money is that a portion of your paycheck the first year you're a teacher goes to that company. Um, so so about a $5,000 over the first year of your teaching is
0: given to them. So you're not being paid a whole lot to begin with, and then you have that.
2: So what I know is that half of new teachers every year that are hired are alternatively certified. So the largest portion of our teachers come from alternative certification
0: routes. The the issue is that we are putting people in the classroom, teaching our students who haven't really gone through direct one-on-one instruction on how to be a good teacher.
2: Exactly. Yes, that's the problem with alternative certifications. that A lot of them haven't had much classroom experience. They haven't had that traditional internship or classroom um, student teaching where you're there for at least a semester, hopefully even a year under a master teacher, under a teacher who has a lot of experience. Instead, you're just kind of thrown in at the deep end. There are some exceptions to that. Uh, We heard from one of those teachers who was a para and had 27 years of experience working in an elementary school. But most of the alternative certification programs are not um, teaching, are not for paras, right? Um, So they uh, don't have that level of experience. And what happens is when you are... thrown in at the deep end, then you're often over your head and you don't have the skills you need to be successful in the classroom, and so you're more likely to quit after a year or two. And that show, shows out in the data that alternatively certified teachers are more likely to, to leave the profession after a year or two.
0: Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he, it was in March where he ordered the TEA to launch a task force mm-hmm. to look at the teacher shortage. And right away, there were problems. What happened?
2: Well, the state's task force on the teacher shortage um, had very few teachers appointed to it. That was the problem. Um, There was an immediate backlash, and the state kind of sheepishly went back and added several more teachers. You know, teacher groups raised the big eyebrows because they they point out how can you talk about solutions to the teacher shortage if you're not talking to teachers directly. Um, Instead, you're talking to their bosses.
0: So when a um, teacher quits, like in the middle of the school year, that's called a contract abandonment. And frequently they fill out forms saying why they're doing it. And what have you learned from these uh, forms?
2: You know, contract abandonment in general, um, there it, it comes with a cost, right? You normally get charged a fine if you do it, but teachers are still doing it anyways. Human resource directors have told me that they've seen an uptick in it. Sometimes they can get around it if they have a good excuse. In general, if you talk to people in education, you talk to teachers, you talk to principals, you talk to HR directors, they will all say that teachers are stretched thin right now. They're very um, worn out and morale is low.
0: But there's also surveys that have been done uh, outside of the education system looking in. and, And what are they finding?
2: So there have been two statewide surveys that asked teachers, one, if they were thinking about quitting, and then two, why they were thinking about quitting if they were. And the big Issues are that they don't feel supported in the classroom by their administrators. They don't feel supported by the public at large. They don't feel supported by politicians. They also felt more like quitting, right? There was 20% difference in how many were thinking of quitting.
0: And I think this sets up your next piece where you look at the intangibles. It's not about the pay. It's about the respect and the time that we give teachers and allow them to teach. And let's listen to your, your third part of your series, Camille Phillips.
2: Thank you. The teacher shortage has existed in pockets of the country for decades, especially in high-poverty districts and in subject areas like special education. But San Antonio educators say the intensity and the pervasiveness of the shortage is different right now. Northeast ISD HR Director Shiloh Witten says they used to have lines of people show up to job fairs but those lines have disappeared. It seems every industry is struggling to find people (laughs) to work. And and yes, we're feeling it like everyone else is. And um, it's just been something that we haven't experienced in the past. It's possible that more people will start applying for teacher positions again when the wider labor market calms down. But thousands of experienced teachers have already left the classroom. And they won't be easy to replace, says Sherry Albright, president of the Charles Butt Foundation. We are losing so much smarts and experience and modeling and coaching that could be walking out the door. Earlier this year, her organization polled Texas teachers to find out how many were considering quitting and what it would take to make them stay. Lauren Cook is in charge of the poll. So many of them
1: have said, man, if I could just focus on teaching... You know, I love teaching and I love connecting with students. And now there's so much more placed on me without the added compensation that's keeping me from doing the job that I love.
2: Cook says the teachers they surveyed were very clear about what they needed to keep them in the classroom. Significantly better pay and a better work environment.
1: And so we do think that there's a lot that school principals and district leaders can do to ensure that Teachers are way more involved in decision-making, for example, that they have more autonomy.
2: The teachers they surveyed said a small salary increase, like many San Antonio districts approved this past summer, won't keep them on the job, though. It needs to be 20% higher.
1: Especially our more tenured teachers are really starting to speak up and say, you know what, I didn't get in this for pay, but I've been teaching for 20 years and I'm still only making $60,000 a year.
2: Albright says one way districts could increase teacher pay and help spread out the number of hours spent planning and training would be to increase the number of days a year teachers are contracted to work. Your high school principals, for example, work on a a 230-day-a-year contract at most school districts. That is a wide
3: difference from 183 days as a teacher.
2: Some San Antonio school districts have made a smaller change to help reduce teacher workloads. They've added several teacher work days to the school calendar to help them catch up on grading and paperwork. But more significant changes to salaries and schedules would require more money than districts have. In order to give teachers even a 3% raise, San Antonio ISD trustees had to gamble that enrollment will increase enough for them to avoid a budget deficit in the coming years. Albright says more significant raises will require the state to contribute more to public education. This is a year for us to consider, how do we raise that floor
3: for all teachers, especially because we are walking into a session more flush in money uh, that we can spend on the state of Texas than we have in many, many years.
2: And a 20 percent salary raise alone is unlikely to stop the teacher exodus. Working conditions need to improve, too. Billy Cano, a 12-year teacher veteran who just quit teaching at Northeast ISD, says he took a $20,000 pay cut to leave.
3: This is not about money. It's about the action of saying, this is what you're worth to us.
2: Kana points out that we show what we value as a society by what we spend our money on. I'm Camille Phillips in San Antonio.
0: And Camille Phillips is here now helping us learn a little more, dig a little deeper on her deep reporting on the teacher shortage that we have in Texas. Is this a national problem or is this just a Texas problem? How does, how does the state compare?
2: With regards to the most recent shortage um, nationally, there's been a lot of stories with anecdotes about teacher shortages, but one of the major problems is there's not good timely data, right, about saying how many vacancies there are in the country right now at this moment. But what we do know is that uh, historically, pre-pandemic, we had um, pockets of teacher shortages, right? There were rural districts. There were high-poverty urban districts, high-poverty rural districts as well, um, that had long experienced high turnover, have long had trouble finding enough teachers, especially in subject matters like special education, uh, bilingual teachers, science, math, right? And um, what we know also, there's a researcher out of the University of Pennsylvania named Richard Ingersoll who has found that um, nationally, um, even though some states may not be turning out enough um, teachers out of their, their education programs and universities, that nationally we have enough, more than enough qualified teachers, what's happening is that they're not staying in the profession. Um, they are quitting after a few years, so much so that, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, the late 80s, their uh, most common teacher in the United States had 15 years of experience, but now um the most common teacher in the United States has one-year experience, maybe three years experience.
0: You you mentioned the fact that this used to be a chronic problem in the low-income school districts and in the low-population rural school districts. Uh, So I would imagine that the problem has gotten even worse in those locations as this has become a a statewide problem.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, one thing we've found is that more affluent districts uh, like, say, Northeast ISD here in San Antonio um, have historically been um, not had this problem as much. Right. They've been able to get the teachers, say, that were leaving Edgewood after a year or two and they still wanted to stay in. Uh, the profession, but they didn't want to teach in Edgewood anymore, and so they moved to to apply at Northeast instead, right? Um, so Edgewood always has had a lot of turnover, but now we're having it where there are more teachers that are just there just aren't as many people applying for jobs right now, right? So it's more widespread, but we've always had these problems, so it's just um, been unequal, right? And so the districts that need experienced teachers the most have the hardest time finding experienced teachers and the hardest time keeping them once they have them.
0: Do we know if this is having an impact on student outcomes? I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't, but do we have any any data?
2: Well, we know that uh, the strongest predictor, the biggest impact on student learning is a teacher. There's been studies that show that the strongest influence on a student's academic learning is a teacher. And that experience matters.
0: And this new upcoming legislative session, we've heard some talk that they're going to address this, but we're not really clear on what road they're going to take, whether they're going to supply more resources or they're going to continue to water down what it takes to become a teacher in Texas. What have you heard so far?
2: Um, I have definitely heard that it's going to be a big topic. I know, especially with the task force at hand, there will be a lot of discussion in the legislature about how to solve the teacher shortage. Uh, But what direction it takes is the big question, right? Will they put more money towards public education so that districts can um, substantially raise salaries? Or um, will they like you said, water down the requirements to become a teacher even further. Um,
0: so as we talk about public education and teacher shortage, we have to make sure that we're including charter schools because a lot of people think charter schools are going to be uh, a way forward and this is how we're going to improve education. And what are we seeing in, in regard to uh, you know the t- teacher shortage and teacher uh, re- resignation in charter schools?
2: Right. Well, the big um, thing about charter schools is that there's just less regulation in general, right? They are not, for instance, required to hire teachers that have been certified. Their teachers only have to have state certification if in the bilingual and the special education route. So that means they don't even have to necessarily be certified, right? And then um, with regards to turnover, um, here in Bear County, um, even before the pandemic, um, traditional school districts had turnover rates year anywhere from nine to 25 percent so not great some of our districts even were losing you know a quarter of their teacher force in a year but Charter schools in Bear County had anywhere from 18 to 63% turnover, meaning over half of their teachers were leaving in any given year. And some of that, you know, the numbers are more volatile because charter schools are smaller, and so their enrollment is smaller, they have fewer teachers, so, you know, 10 more teachers quitting can make your percentage go up. But the trend is very clear that teachers are more likely to leave charter schools than they are traditional school districts.
0: Camille Phillips, Texas Public Radio education reporter, thank you so much for this engaging series on the teacher shortage. Yes, thank you. That's it for this edition of Texas Matters. Thanks for listening. I'm David Martin Davies. You can email us at texasmatters at tpr.org. There are past Texas Matters programs online at tpr.org. Download and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. And tune in again next week for another edition of Texas Matters from Texas Public Radio. Support for TPR comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping employers get their people home safely. Preventing workplace accidents protects families and keeps businesses productive. More at TexasMutual.com.